the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are fortunate to be alive at this moment in history. I can hear you. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The truth is plain to see. If you want freedom, take pride in your country. If you want democracy, hold on to your sovereignty. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin of The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together. A lot to cover today. And, of course, we're starting out with what you need to know, the Daily Wink. And uh, visit ProAmericaReport.com and you'll get the Wink email. What you need to know, which comes into your inbox at 8 a.m. East Coast, 5 a.m. Pacific. Very valuable. A few links, a few things, a few um, uh, uh, details you need to catch up on for your day uh, and you're ready Monday through Friday 8 a.m. East Coast 5 a.m. Pacific ProAmericaReport.com welcome it's Ed Martin here on the ProAmerica Report we've got some things to cover and I want to set this up for you this today's wink what you need to know is about the international the international the so-called globalist movement and what's going on we're in the midst of a lot more stuff than people ever realize um, and I'll tell you about that but let's let me set this up first over the weekend at Eagle Council there was an extraordinary discussion a panel discussion and I, I don't know if you can call it a panel when there's only two people on it but there were two people on this panel one of them was John Schlafly the oldest son of Phyllis Schlafly and a longtime writer and observer uh, on the issues around um, concern Conservatism and Alex Newman. Alex Newman is a uh, form. I, I would say he's an investigative journalist by background. Um, he's also an author. He's written a number of books. Um, he's founder of Liberty Sentinel Media Company, uh, LibertySentinel.org, and a very good, very bright guy, high energy guy, interesting guy. Um, I didn't know till this weekend session that he lived overseas for a big chunk of his adult life also. Um, I think in Denmark, maybe. Anyway, so he's a great, imp- impressive speaker. This panel, these two men, in this case, uh, spent the better part of an hour just talking about the globalists, what that meant, who that is. And so at various times, the conversation, uh, the, the, uh, Alex was talking about the impact of the World Health Organization and uh, on the COVID stuff. John Schlafly was talking about the history of the, the movement. Uh, one of the really interesting discussion points was Alex Newman, uh, telling the story that he, he received one of his early motivations in this area, the globalists, by reading a book by the late Phyllis Schlafly called Kissinger on the Couch. She wrote a lengthy it's, I don't know, three, four hundred pages, probably almost four hundred pages uh, analysis of Kissinger's both policy positions and connection uh, to the longstanding 
uh, and um, now historically documented sort of globalist movement, uh, the Bilderbergers, Rockefeller Foundation, other things. So, uh, but one of the things that uh, I wanted to tell you was you listen to all this stuff. And you're listening to, you know, World Health Organization. You're, you, you're, and as I told you a, long, a while ago now, maybe two years, I signed up for an email uh, uh, from the from Politico EU, uh, uh, Politico Europe. There's a Politico in Europe. Politico.eu is actually the website. And it, it covers uh, like Politico does in America. It covers European stuff. And in, the, in this case, it's heavy on um, it's heavy on the um, European um, Union specifically. And every morning at about two in the morning, which would be about eight in the morning in Brussels, uh, this email goes out kind of like my wink. And so I wake up when I wake up very early. I see that in my inbox first. It's very it's kind of effective. It's a lesson for you. And I don't read it every day, but I read it probably three times a week. Quick, a quick um, uh, ripping through this email. And it's always interesting to, to read about what the EU. I mean, it's a big bureaucracy. Another detail of our Eagle Council is we had a leading conservative from Poland in. His name is uh, Jerzy Kawaszewski. I'm mispronouncing it, but he heads up a big think tank, a conservative legal think tank in Poland. And he was with us for Eagle Council, and he was talking about the impact of some of uh, the European Union policies and how they interact and how they're pushing down on uh, nation states like Poland. But all that to say... Uh, in fact, Yerza was headed up to New York after our meeting because in in uh, New York in the over these yesterday, today, tomorrow, um, in preparation for the U.N. Gem- General Assembly, the annual meeting of the U.N., the big General Assembly, there will be what's called the SDG SDG Summit SDG. What is that? Sustainable Development Summit, which met in 2015. OK. And they said we have 17 uh, actual um, uh, sustainable development goals. That's sorry. That's the, the G in it. Sustainable. So the U.N. Sustainable Development Summit in 2015 came up with 17 SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals. OK, that's 2015. And they said we have 15 years to get to that 2030. So we're a little bit more than halfway there. So now you say, boy, I haven't even heard of that. I I really didn't even hear that. So now you go in and you look at that and you say to yourself, what is all this? Sustainable development goals. Now, remember, a lot of these goals are stuff that uh, America signs on to. And we end up being the biggest payer. We end up being the ones that have the most money to be able to cover the reality of sustainable development goals and, you know, the, the Chinese or others who are in the game, they say, oh, yeah, yeah, we like that idea, but they're not going to put any money in. They just every time we do this it's like Lucy and Charlie Brown with the football. They put it out there and we go, we, we run towards it. We say, oh, this is going to be great. And then we, we end up on our back. And so here's what you need to know. Up there in New York, it's like the greatest gathering of the reality of seeing how fraudulent this is. What do I mean by that? Well, there are literally thousands and thousands of connected political types from around the world, but certainly in America. Bill Clinton's there with Hillary and, and, uh, and, um, Chelsea and all these, that's a, all those types that have gathered around hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of politicos who are milking this and billions and billions, trillions of dollars being allocated for 
some goals that some UN group set up. And if you argue against who who's against us? sustainable development, oh, my gosh, who's everybody's for that. Right. But it's the same deal as always. Two things. One, the control. There's a there's an ability. Oh, if you're going to have sustainable development, you've got to have certain rules, certain regulations, certain laws, certain decisions need to be made in a certain direction. We're going to tell you in sovereign states like America, Poland, Hungary, anybody else, which way to go. And second, it turns out that no surprise. The greatest hoax is the implementation of the climate change agenda. And that this is an important way that, that uh, Vivek Ramaswamy said this. He said at first, I've stolen it wholesale because it actually captures it. I don't even know. I don't believe any of the scientists anywhere about all the climate change things, about what they say. But I can look at their solutions And the solutions are us, Americans, paying more money than anybody else to to get the thing fixed. And so ultimately, the hoax is you guys pay and it'll get better. They they can't they can't actually, you know, make a, a plausible argument that the underlying facts are right. In my opinion, I don't believe any of it. I don't believe anybody and any of the science now because it's so, so clear that we've been misled so often. But I can tell you, all you have to do is look closely and say, what? You've got the, the entire U.N. General Assembly on a 15-year plan for sustainable development. And the sustainable development goals all are overlapping what about, that, about child population, about uh, the climate change, all these kinds of things. And you say, huh, the common denominator is we're told what the threat is. We're told, don't think about where the numbers come from or who's doing the analysis. Just think about how you can pay for it, how you guys can pay for it, America, and how you can get yourself aligned with what we think should happen. And if you don't think that it ends up costing us more money, you're not paying attention. You are not paying attention. And again, all you have to do is point to the the, the thousands and thousands of people that are gathered here. In, in New York City, not here, gathered here, gathered in New York City for this. All the political types, all the political consultants. I lo- looked at there was a spotted out to dinner at the Tavern on the Green. If you if you don't know what the Tavern on the Green is in in in, in, in Central Park, there is a very high end. Really, um, I've, I've only been to the I've been to the uh, the bar or been to the the reception area. I've never I don't think I've ever been to the the dining room. Uh, maybe been to the dining room. I don't know. But. It's a nice place, but its location is Central Park, and it's a high-end place. Well, in the in the Politico EU coverage uh, or Politico coverage in general, there's meet in the in one of the receptions there was all the political types, consultants, not just not just elected officials, consultants, you know, all the and bureaucrats, all the people. So again, remember, follow the money. Follow the money is the great clarifier of what's going on. And if there's billions and billions and trillions sloshing around, sloshing around, um, and, uh, and, and there's going to be people gathering around and we're paying. So watch for these boondoggles. Remember, when you look at them now, don't th- look at them through the distrust and verify. When somebody says, Oh, look, there's sustainable development goals. You distrust, then verify. It might be that there's something good in there. But the starting point in the past was, well, we'll trust it and we'll see how it works out. We, we never really get to the bottom of seeing how it works out. So there you have it. That's what you need to know. More of your tax dollars being spent for internationalist globalist goals in New York City over these days. And uh, it's a mess. All right. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I have been looking forward to this this interview for a while. I think it was a few weeks ago when I had Tony Lyons, who is the uh, publisher of Skyhorse Publishing on, and we started talking about uh, uh, many of the different books that he's publishing, and one of them is called Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. Uh, Ed Dowd is the author. The foreword is uh, by RFK, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I think that's how we started in on that. So our guest now is uh, Ed Dowd. Welcome, sir. How are you? Great to be here. Thanks for having me on today. You know, I, the first question I want to ask you is you come at this as a businessman for many decades, many years you've been in business, which makes, in my estimation, makes, you know, if you're a good businessman, you're going to be able to um, look at data. You know, you're going to be able to assess uh, validity, see holes, then and then value things and, and, and make measurements. And one of the problems I wanted to ask you about is I, I don't believe anything anymore. I, I'm all the way to this point. My readers are probably I mean, my my listeners are tired of me saying it. I, I'm to the point where the old Reagan maxim, uh, trust and verify, used to say to the Soviets, uh, my mine is distrust and verify. I don't trust anything. So how, first, how do you how do you do that when you look at this and say, man, these science scientists on every side, they're either either making it up or they have an angle or something's paid for by somebody that makes you wonder. We're in a funny moment, aren't we? Oh, we're in a strange, strange moment. And my background is basically Wall Street. I, yeah. I was a. I was a portfolio manager, uh, most notably at BlackRock, for 10 years, uh, picking stocks for portfolios. And, and because the fund that I ran was uh, $14 billion, I had the opportunity to sit in front of many CEOs. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I've been listening to BS for a long time in my <laughs> career. My, and my, in my, in my job was to figure out whether, the, whether or not these guys were lying to me. And right. so I have a nose for... Uh, data and you know pe- people say one thing but the data says something else and so that's why i'm here now analyzing this i'm looking at it like i would a stock uh, c- uh chart or a company and we analyze the trends and the trends are just so alarming that uh you know we should as a nation and, and a globe be asking why is excess death disability and injury off the charts in 2023 i mean this is this is a joke and my my thesis is it's the novel uh, vaccines causing these statistical anomalies, which at this point, the signals are so strong, it's a joke. And, and the signals we see in public, publicly available databases, I know that these health authorities across the globe see them, but they remain silent. And I think I know why it's a cover up at this point. We're talking with Ed Dowd, and again, his his book is uh, Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 21, it's 2021, 2022. Uh, you can go to com. also set up as a site that has lots of information, including the book. Uh, so, okay. And, 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 and you, you're looking at, you're, so you're looking at the data and you're saying, look, there's a data point here. There's sets of data points here. And you're not saying, you're saying, you know, you think you know why. And, and I think everybody does. And the, the biggest question here is, um, uh, most people I know at the time were saying, if you're at risk, old comorbidity, then be very, very careful. You might want to take a risk on on a rushed vaccine because you got that comorbidity. Young people were were you know you were taking a risk that wasn't unnecessary. And your your point here is, if you were healthy and you didn't need it, it looks like it did something else. I guess my question is, and and I'm I'm looking on the website again. We're talking to Ed Dow, the author. Um, smoking gun number one: millennial millennial excess deaths in 2021. When you look at that chart, you say, I mean, there's there's something there. Does anyone dispute it? I mean, does anyone they, or do they just not answer you? 
Well, initially I was fact-checked and they, they said they're experts. Uh, AP and Reuters fact-checked me at the beginning of 22 and said, uh, our experts claim uh, and say that millennials are not dying excessively. Well, that, that you roll forward uh, into 22 and they, they're continuing to die excessively. So at this point, they've pulled a 180 and said, well, it is happening, but it's due to these reasons. And it's ABV, anything but the vaccine. And they, they list a host of reasons that make no sense when you look at the, the, the timing of the whole thing. And especially, you got to understand, uh, the big smoking gun for me was the actuary insurance companies. Uh, they have something called the group life policy which is given out to uh, companies in Fortune 500 land and mid-sized companies. And it's a very lucrative policy. It's for working ages, 25 through 64. And uh, we analyzed the millennials, which aren't sp- that these folks are not supposed to die. And they're the healthiest amongst us because they reside in these corporations with the access to the best health care. And their excess mortality in 2021 was 40%. Let me say that again, 40%. And just to give you an idea, 10%, in my world, it was a three standard deviation event, <laughs> meaning a once in a 200 year flood, 40 percent off the charts. And in the third quarter of 2021, uh, the millennials experienced 84 percent excess mortality. Uh, they were running around 30 uh, in, in uh, uh, the, the prior months, and then it shot up to 84 percent. Very quick rise in the months of August, September, October of 21. What, what was going on then? Corporations were mandating vaccines, and then Biden comes out and mandates it for any company over 100 people. And th- that pulled, you know, vaccine-hesitant millennials off the bench because they, they, they did it to keep their jobs. And, you know, let's be honest. If, if I was uh, in uh, corporate America and a millennial uh, in 2021, I would be like, well, I know the virus has got no effect on me. I'm not going to waste my time getting a vaccine. But they, they, then they were compelled to. And uh, this spike has been uh, dismissed. They say, Ed, it's, it's, it's suicides, it's miscancer screening appointments and drug overdoses. And, I, and, and first of all, for all three to simultaneously occur in a very rapid period of time, statistically impossible. But if you want to handle them one by one, here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't convince me there was a mass suicide pact in Fortune 500 companies in the third quarter of 2021. That sounds ridiculous. Right. Missed cancer screening appointments. That's that that on its face is nonsense. That age group does not go for testing for cancer screenings. Insurance companies do not pay for tests that are not needed. You get a cancer screening test once you go to the doctor and there's something wrong with you and they're trying to figure out what's going on. Then they might do a cancer screening test on you. And and and, and there wasn't a, a rash of cancer that exploded in the third quarter of 2021. And then the final one, drug overdoses. To get this insurance claim, you have to be employed at the time. Uh, okay. I don't know too many people in Fortune 500 companies with heroin and fentanyl habits that keep their jobs for very long. So the whole thing... Make zero doesn't, sense. It doesn't smell right. So Ed Dowd again is, uh, and and as I think that one of the compelling things about uh, your uh, what you're doing here is your background. Because I tell people, you, you know, um, making good decisions is is not something that you know. Some people are naturally pretty good at it, but you get really good at something when you do it over and over again, which is what you had to do in your experience, in your experience, your work, work experience. But um, so let me back up and ask you a different question because this is the question I come back to. It's sort of what I started on, so everybody end up. If this is all, if what you say is true, it's disturbing. But then, but as a sort of a pullback, it also makes it impossible for me to imagine where we can get 
the truth going forward. So, it, you know, how would you envision it, it can't be some World Health Organization because they clearly conspired to lie about lots of stuff. The CDC and Fauci lied about lots of stuff. They admit it now. I mean, they admit they, they admit some of it. They don't admit the, the bigger stuff in your point. What, what could the future be about where you can go? Or are we just sort of going to sort of have to find our own? I don't know, uh, uh, truth tellers in, in our own smaller communities. I mean, I, I don't know. You see what I'm saying? No, I'll, I'm with you. And here's the problem. The, the institutional rot that manifested into this COVID debacle on many fronts didn't appear overnight. It's been there hidden kind of underneath the surface for decades. And, you know, it, on Wall Street, a lot of corporations go sideways. It's called the institutional imperative where those who are in the C-suite running the company are not acting on the benefit of the shareholders and they're acting on the benefit of themselves. And the institutional imperative has seeped into all these bureaucracies where these people are acting uh, on their own interests rather than the public interests. And, you know, we see it in this revolving door between government jobs and corporations. I mean, look at the, the head of the FDA went to become on the board of Pfizer. We have example after example of these people going uh, from the, from the, the public sector to the private sector for these big cushy jobs, they get these jobs because they uh, uh, regulate and and approve products that are just not deemed worthy of uh, being put into our bodies. Right. And also, other other agencies do other different things and award contracts. It's been it's been a grift for a long, long time, and it's being exposed massively in the last uh, three years with this COVID debacle. Ed Dowd is our guest. We're out of time, unfortunately. Ed, we'll have you back again. I very much uh, appreciate it. TheyLiedPeopleDied.com is the website. You can find his book there, Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. Ed Dowd with an injured uh, forward from uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. from our friends at Skyhorse Publishing. Thank you, sir, and uh, we appreciate it. We'll have you back on again. All right. Thank you. Take care. All right. Thank you. We will take a break, everybody. Be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our old friend Ted Malik is back with us today. It's good to catch up with Ted. Uh, and Ted Malik is, of course, uh, well known as an author, uh, lecturer, a businessman, um, a political uh, observer. And TedMalik.me is the website, TedMalik.me. All of his stuff, you can see it there. Welcome back, Ted. How are you? Uh, very well. Thanks, Ed. Uh, so we were we were chatting off the air and uh, we, we were uh, you know talking about where things are today in terms of the energy and all. But uh, before that, we were on this subject of uh, looking at the energy, maybe more more of data points on the Internet. And this there's this talk AI TIV talkative uh, effort that you've been involved in and, and understand better than I do that is out looking at um, what the sentiment is across. I, and you said it and I don't even know if I can say it with a straight face. All of the Internet. Can you really look out over all the Internet? It feels like those those cartoons where someone says, I you know, was up all night searching and you get to a screenshot that says the end of the Internet. Is that even possible? Uh, it's not only possible. We're doing it. Uh, this company has been around a couple of years. I'm involved with it, both as an investor and on the board. But it, um, it's able to look at what you, you know, it's referred to as social sentiment. Mm-hmm. So if you believe that chatter matters, you know, right, right. <laughs> and that what people say on the Internet is indicative of how they actually think, there's no intermediation. It's not like a poll. Here's the, the methodological problem with polling. We know that it's been inaccurate for the last number of cycles. Uh, and even before that, polling is within a margin of error of four or five percent. So therefore, it's inaccurate. And 
It depends very much on the survey. Who are you asking? What are you asking? How are you asking? What is the shape and content of the questions? And who is the base? And most of those pollsters, uh, while they make a living doing it, know that they are really um, grossly inaccurate. I mean, they're selling us a bill of goods. So what we've come up with here is a way to look using algorithms that are, you know, patented systems at the entire internet. Uh, we're looking at, uh, you know, the major sources on the internet. And that includes uh, True Social, by the way. So it includes a large Republican number. It's not skewed, say, towards Democrats. It's everyone who's active on the internet. So we looked at the uh, favorability rankings on the Republican uh, primary side uh, just after the last debate. Right. For a number of days. Yep. Uh, from the 23rd to the 29th of August, we had 7 million engagements. Wow. So this is not a small sample. This is big time. And this, uh, again, is, is it's people talking directly. It's not answering questions. It's their own content. How does how does that we're talking with Ted Malik now and uh, and among other things, of course, I should have said as an investor, but also a technology guy. He's always been interested in stuff and been involved. Um, how does it handle the bots? I don't even really understand the bots. I guess they're automated, uh, automated um, reply folks. Or uh, how does it yeah. how does it? So in other words, can you can you buy uh, sentiment with with the tools? Is that or maybe is there a race to do that? Oh, yeah, you know, it's very much. I mean. And even foreign actors have been involved in doing that. But uh, we have a way to screen out the bots. Won't get into the, you know, stretchy right. details. So th- okay. this is, we actually, um, they have the ability to, in very granular for, uh, detail, tell, uh, you know, what people are saying and then write down to the person. So if the Republicans were really smart and they're not, they would be investing like the Democrats have in, in this kind of technology. And they'd be using it in their election cycles because we could go back to someone who said something and give them an email or give them evidence or give them some kind of impression, send them new data, send them some new literature. We could even ask them to harvest their vote. Uh Interesting. That's so I was going to go to that next. Um, it, but here's another question I have, Ted, and, and then this is maybe also about the current environment. You know, you, you talked about the debate and you talk about the uh, uh, upcoming debates and all. It, it feels like um, things move quickly, even more quickly than ever. Now, I happen to think that Trump's lock on the Republican nomination is 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 complete and iron, you know, fisted. But it does feel like things move awfully rapidly. And um, so, for example, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, with very little a s- significant effort. I, oh, no, say that wrong. Significant conventional means, the tools mm-hmm. that you usually do to get attention in politics has you know gone up to 12, 13. 14 percent it feels to me like that's one of the things that is happening that you can move faster but it also means you can collapse faster it feels like um it also means by the way that it may be what the biden administration thinks or the campaign that they can somehow change biden's absolutely anemic numbers because things are sort of fluid i, I am i am i over feeling that is it just because of the massive amount of social media no i think the effect of social media is enormous not only in u.s elections but has to do with brands, you know, mm-hmm. think of the Bud Light example or political situations halfway around the world. Uh, you know, the Vivek uh, trajectory is fascinating. We were able to chart that. Uh-huh. We were able to predict that. 
we've been uh you know looking at his favorable rating ratings uh, you know over the last few months and i would say very few people got that right he's also done that largely on the basis of uh, earned media hasn't spent much right. money Right. Uh, so it's a very interesting phenomenon. I call it the VP sweepstakes, though, Ed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the candidates uh, are running for something else. And uh, I don't know that Vivek really wants to be vice president, but he certainly got Donald's attention. Yeah. Uh, but on that uh, on that note, let me go on the other side of the aisle for a second. We're talking with Ted Malik, uh, and who has been an uh, author, frequent author, I'd say almost um, in the last decade or more writing history and writing, you know, a perspective. So when you look at what's happening with the Biden administration and Joe Biden, I mean, we've never Jimmy Carter looks like a a, a popular president compared to Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. And so are they going to really hold? Is this guy going to stay in the race? Uh, I would uh, say that if there was any way possible to replace him, Uh they would be making uh, those attempts within the next 30 days. Okay. Uh, he has this insurance policy, and you know who she is. Uh, and there are other Democrats, mostly governors of states, who are holding back and maybe thinking that he'll slip on a banana or right. that uh, <laughs> or an know, indictment. The, yeah, the cognitive test might prove negative. Right. Now, the indictment uh, is uh, is definite in the case of Hunter. I mean, the larger the larger looming threat is all the uh, material that comes out about bribery when it comes to impeachment. Right. Right. Uh, we're talking again with uh, Ted Malik. All right, Ted, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, because I often start with this and I didn't today because we got kind of um, uh, pulled from our conversation off off the air. The economy, you're, you're again, you're a, a longtime, um, you know, global businessman, meaning you've had business interests all over the world. You know, everybody all over the world. How's the economy? I, I talk about how I distrust everything the government tells me until I can verify it. So I don't believe any of the numbers. I don't believe anything they're telling me. It usually works with Biden. But, you know, it, it is a, a strange economy economy right now it 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 feels worse than it is is that possible i it's it's bad inflation's up but it feels even worse than that and that's how i feel about it well i mean i think if if you're going to the store yeah and the inflation is uh between eight and nine percent you feel that yeah and particularly uh on certain staples you know if you're middle income or lower income that's uh, very punitive if you go to the eighteen dollars to fill up your car you're right. saying what 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 i thought that the oil prices had gone down well guess what they're going back up right uh and i mean the fed is meeting i don't think they're going to raise the rate um this time they're pausing but there are two more raises i think that are indicative you know between now and the election and that means that mortgage rates are going to be eight percent so nobody's buying a house there are a lot of things wrong with this economy and uh, I think Americans are, are feeling the pain. Uh, again, Ted Malik is our guest. I'll put up on uh, social media his uh, the website again so you can check it out. Uh, Ted, is the uh, what do you think about the wars, the, the war over in uh, Ukraine, Russia? Again, you're a close observer of both uh, both those nations as well as Europe. Um, and uh, it seems like we're in a stalemate at this point. There's not much. Well, I mean, it's exactly what I said uh, over a year ago, that this is a war of attrition. There'll be hundreds of thousands of people dead. You know, hundreds of billions is potentially wasted. Uh, it's an unnecessary war. Uh, and it's looking more and more like, uh, uh, you know, the Uniparty will sink uh, yet, yet more money into this fiasco. Uh, you know, Trump and Vivek have both said they can solve this problem. 
I'd love to be the diplomat that helped them do that. I think we could do it in two days. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like name that tune. Uh, all right. We're out of time. Ted Malik, uh, welcome back. Haven't it's been too long. I'm glad to reconnect and we will uh, do it again very soon. Ted Malik, everybody, uh, the great Ted Malik, very helpful. Uh, and I'll put up his website on uh, social media and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Mark Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Many of us have become familiar with the concept of slavery reparations, and California and its liberal politicians are even seriously considering this. Well, now comes climate reparations, which have been demanded by some countries for several years now. Natural disasters have occurred worldwide since the beginning of time, but now they're blamed on energy use by industrial nations like ours. The vehicle for climate reparations is a global loss and damage fund about which Biden climate czar John Kerry needs to be pinned down. Already, some NATO countries in Europe have committed to send taxpayer dollars to this fund, which has existed since last year under the U.N. Environment Program office. In an interview last January with Britain's left-wing newspaper, The Guardian, John Kerry indicated the U.S. would contribute to the loss and damage fund for the benefit of foreign countries claiming to be damaged by climate change. Kerry considers this a voluntary contribution, but it would burden American taxpayers with a legal obligation. You could almost hear the violins playing in the background as Kerry dramatically asked the British press, how can you look somebody in the eye with a straight face? and not accept the notion that there are damages, there are losses. We see them all around the world. Kerry made similar comments to the House Foreign Affairs Subcommittee on Oversight and Accountability. Incredulous, Representative Tom Burchett, Republican of Tennessee, asked Kerry, why do the good folks in East Tennessee, they work very hard for their dollars, why do they have to pay for a flood in Africa or South Asia? Kerry responded, We're not specifically paying for a flood in Africa, although sometimes money may go to something like that. But the United States is proudly the largest humanitarian donor in the world. We try to help the world. This opens the door to the Biden administration sending hard-earned American dollars to the Globalist Loss and Damage Fund, which is climate reparations by any other name. And no matter what you call it, the U.S. taxpayers should not be on the hook to pay other nations in the name of climate change. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. As leader of the free world, America has a responsibility to stay strong in economics, industry, morality, and military capability. Never hesitating to say, America first. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll see why the best foreign policy begins with a strong America. Join the conversation at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, it's book report time. Book report time. I know you've been waiting for that. I guess I haven't uh, I haven't uh, done this in a while, but I, it's it, it could be called a book review, but I have a bunch of kids, so it seems like they're doing book reports a lot, so I call it the book report. Hey, the book report is on uh, Todd Benzman's book, Overrun. Overrun from Post Hill Press. Uh, and it is uh, an extraordinary book 
Uh, and I want to tell you about it because Todd Benzman was at Eagle Council this past weekend and he spoke there and he's great. He's just great. Uh, and and the book is really important. And, you know, one of the things that snuck up on me on the book, which is uh, part of why I maybe haven't actually talked about the entire book so much, is he excerpted many of the chapters in uh, big ways. I think he did at least one of the chapters on his own website, the Center for Immigration Studies, which is CIS.org. But he also did um, at least one of them. Um, excuse me. Yeah, at least one in the in the New York Post. Uh, I think he did one in like the D.C. Examiner. Uh, and by the time a, a four or five or six week period had happened, he had excerpted these chapters and they were so darn good. I, I didn't actually I started to think of them as Todd Benzman's work rather than the book. And then over the Eagle Council weekend, Eagle Council 52 out in St. Louis, Todd Benzman was a speaker and very kindly he was with us uh, for the whole weekend. And there were lots of events and lots of opportunities where he was sitting at a table with us and and sitting next to folks. There was a moment where one of our uh, very uh, esteemed guests who came all the way from Poland, uh, his name is Jerzy Kenevshevsky. I'm mispronouncing that as usual, but he is a uh, prominent lawyer and a head of a think tank in Poland. And uh, obviously, Poland has a great history, a great tradition. Well, they have a great history of their nation. And their history as a nation has been that they have had their boundaries removed and moved. They've been, you know, occupied and suppressed a number of times. And when it comes to modern Poland, they are very, very uh, tough on their border. They they build a wall on their border. You can come up to their wall and, you you know, you can you can even find a way to get uh, someone to uh, answer your question and get it. But you can't come in. They don't allow illegal entry into poland i mean if you it is a big deal uh they, and they have a big program they have a large a large program not a big program a large well they have a, a a big program with a large number of uh worker visa type uh immigrants but not the illegal immigrant thing the migrant thing and they get a lot of grief in europe so they you know, had one of the meals maybe more than one todd benzman sitting next to Jerzy, and they're just talking about things in fact uh benzman is going to go visit poland uh he's going to be in europe uh, starting, I think, in Hungary and then over to Poland. So uh, the presence of Todd Benzman was wonderful. But then we had a, a supporter of our Eagle Council purchase a bunch of copies of the book overrun. And so we had them available for uh, Todd Benzman to sign. And we didn't sell them. We wanted I wanted to give them out to our Eagle leaders. And uh, and so I got a copy and I got a copy before the event, which I had a copy. But I'll be honest with you, I hadn't read it front to back I hadn't even looked at it front to back. I think I had looked at chapters when I knew I was uh, talking about an excerpted chapter on the radio show with Todd uh, on when we had him on. So I had this book. And, and one thing about these events that when they occur is um, I was the host and the MC for many of the segments. And but but you end up kind of tired at the end of the day, not kind of you end up tired at the end of the day. And I go to my room sort of quickly when things end but i'm you're wide awake because there's been a lot of things going on so i spent a bunch of time reading his book and it's extraordinary overrun is the name of the book it's about biden's uh the biden administration and how they messed up our border policy it's really important everything that's happening now that we're seeing is covered in the book 
And, and, and you could say, well, the book's, a, a, you know, it's, it's covering stuff that happened six months ago, a year ago. It doesn't matter because it's covering what went on then. It's still going on now. What the threats were then are still the threats now. What the underlying tensions were then are still the tensions now. Everything from how the immigration system fails to work, you know, people get, uh, uh, get say the magic words, get introduced into America, into the uh, system, and they're told to, you know, report for a hearing in whatever amount of months or even years, and they never do. I mean, they rarely do. Anyway, there's, there's another, one of the aspects that's getting a ton of attention uh, in part because in Europe, they have now had images of the island of Lampedusa, which is uh, uh, near Tunisia in Italy. It's an Italian island, having 10,000 uh, migrants land there on boats uh, and, and get off of the boats. And when they get off of the boats and they're uh, on the uh, uh, Tunisia, uh, Lampedusa land, you suddenly realize 10,000, not women and children, 10,000 20, 30-year-olds, maybe, maybe let's say 18 to 35-year-old, 10,000 men. And the island, I think, has a population of 6,000 total. So you're talking about truly an invasion. I mean, I, I said to somebody, what happens if the 10,000 decide that they're not going to do something that they're told to do? Who, who makes them when you have only 6,000 people on an island? So uh, 6,000, yeah, residents on the island. Anyway, the images of that are striking. Well, they echo what uh, Todd Benzman has been talking about and covering on the border. Down on the border, it's not families of five coming across. There's trafficking of kids. There's some uh, women, but mostly it's men and a lot, a lot of men of 18 to 35 and coming from all over the world, not just from Latin America. So it's a really important book. I, I got to tell you, Overrun is really useful for understanding what's going on, the context broadly, and staying informed. So make sure you get a copy. Todd Benzman, if you go to toddbensman.com on Twitter, he's at Benzman Todd. It's backwards there. And uh, check it out. And also CIS.org is his uh, website where he is a national security fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies. So important um book. I hope you will get a chance to read it. And there you go. There's your book report. All right. I'm Ed Martin. Thank you, as always, to our producer, Ryan Height, associate producer, Mason Mohan. And we'll be back soon. It's Ed Martin on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you soon. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.